where, where we left off was a, little, a, a question about trying to get clear on on what it is that we're talking about, consciousness, which is, that's a tough one to get clear on. Um, so two things. First of all, just to give you an analogy that uh, might help. If you think of um, a peripheral awareness like a spotlight, okay, lighting up a big area, not really brightly, but a large area, and think of attention as a, as, as a spotlight. So you've got a floodlight and a spotlight. Spotlight's really brightly illuminating some tiny part of that area. And imagine if they're both hooked up to the same power supply. So if you turn one up, the other one gets dimmer. So uh, that's how consciousness behaves in terms of peripheral awareness and, and attention. And if you just if you just examine it yourself, I mean, if you close your eyes right now, and you and just be aware of your breath at your nose, but also be aware of everything else around you, the sensations in your body, my voice, how the sound. And hopefully you'll find that you can do both at once. You can you, you can have your attention on the sensations of the breath, but you can also hear and feel all kinds of other things at the same time. Sound of traffic on the street. But now, if you focus your attention on those sensations of the breath very, very closely, capture the subtlest detail of them, Notice that peripheral awareness fades a bit. You're not quite as aware of everything else as you were. Likewise, if you go back and let's let's hear the sound of the air conditioning. Let's try to be aware of this if there's any traffic on the street. And see what happens to your perception of those very subtle details of the breath. Hopefully, from just this simple little exercise, you you can see exactly what I mean. One one grows dimmer as the other grows brighter, and 
if this little thing we did now right would wasn't wasn't quite long enough for it to become clear for you. It's a really valuable thing to do as a part of your meditation practice. Whenever you're focusing your attention on one particular object, the more closely you focus, the less peripheral awareness you're going to have. And one of the ways that you can enhance your peripheral awareness and increase the power of the consciousness behind it is to deliberately try to do both at once. Try to be more aware of everything else going on around you at the same time that you're being uh, closely focused on, on some sensations. Now, in a lot of mindfulness practices, whatever you may use as focused of attention is basically just used as an anchor, as something to do until you become aware that something else is happening. But it's really much more effective if you're, you're pushing both abilities at the same time. They will, they will both get stronger, and you'll become a more fully conscious person. The more, you know, if you spend, if you spend 45 minutes a day practicing not only focusing very closely on sensations, but also on being aware of what's going on around you and being aware of what's going on in your mind. You're going to, as a result of that, you're, it's going to be like spending 45 minutes a day you know, working out with weights. Your mind's going to get stronger in exactly the same way, and rapidly so. So that's, that's how you can increase the power of consciousness, just by simply using these two aspects simultaneously. Yeah. So whether the attention is something you're focusing on that's inside of you or something outside of you, then the peripheral switches places. So for example, if I'm in meditation and I'm, I'm aware of the birds outside and I place my attention on the sounds of the birds, but that my peripheral might be like my breath or my thoughts about the birds, Yeah. but then it could switch and then I could become, my attention could become my thoughts, but peripherally I'm still hearing the birds on the outside. Yeah. So you're not attaching attention and peripheral necessarily to where they're located, but rather which has the narrower uh, you know, yeah. light versus the, the broader light. Exactly, and I'm so glad that you said that. That's a very, that's a very important thing to understand. It doesn't have to do with whether what you're focusing your attention on is inside or outside or what it is, where it is at all. The attention is attention. And really part of this is just coming to recognize, you know, uh, what exactly is attention and what exactly is peripheral awareness. They're not tough ideas, but if you get them clear, then you realize you can direct your attention virtually anywhere, inside or out. And when you do, you still have a capacity for awareness outside of that. That's the peripheral part. So you focus on sensations of the breath in your nose, that's physical, that's outside the mind. But if you notice that your mind is feeling restless and distracted, that's, that, that is an, uh, an awareness. That, yeah. But attention, it seems like it can be more fickle. 
attention as well? To be more fickle, for me at least. Um, if I bring in that other layer of awareness, it like supports that attention, like it helps it. It actually, yes, it does. And if you sit down and meditate and somebody says, here's your meditation object, focus on it, after a very short period of time, you're going to go somewhere else. But what you'll find is that if you practice sustaining peripheral awareness at the same time, it does support it. Your mind doesn't wander as easily. Oh, yeah, it's like kind of telling me, hey, what are you doing over there? Come back to what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and really, how do you overcome the the tendency to forget what you're doing and, and, and for your mind to go off wandering and for a long period of time. You, you, the only way you can do that is to develop enough uh, introspective awareness to know when your mind is starting to drift so that you can bring it back. Until, until you can get to the place where you can catch your attention every time it starts to move, then what's going to happen is it's going to move, you're going to get involved in something else, you're going to totally forget what you're doing, and then five minutes later you're going to remember, oh yeah. yeah. So the introspective awareness is a really important tool for creating attentional stability. And attentional stability is absolutely essential for developing introspective awareness. When your attention is moving all over the place, you don't really have much peripheral awareness. It's like uh, for attention to lock onto this and then let go and lock onto this and then let go and then lock onto this and let go. With that going on, there's no opportunity for peripheral awareness to really take in the larger picture of what's happening, either outside of you or inside of you either one. And once again, vision's a good analogy. If you if you put your focus put your visual focus on this little gong ringer here, at the same time you're doing that, you can see all kinds of other things in your peripheral vision. But if you start moving your visual focus around from here to there and up there and down there, you're gonna lose that. Right? You can't, you don't have, and it's the same thing with the attention and awareness. Until you can get your attention to stabilize, you're not going to be able to have much peripheral awareness, either of things outside yourself or of things inside yourself. So the two, the two go together. One, uh, one analogy for the purpose of a meditation object, it's like, you know, flagpole, you put your attention on the flagpole and you become aware of the, the clouds and the, and the direction of the breeze because the flag's moving and everything else. So focusing your attention allows you to exercise this other capacity. And of course, taking in more information in your focused attention while at the same time intentionally taking more information in from everywhere else, that's what makes your mind more powerful.
So in daily life, you can you have innumerable opportunities to practice mindfulness. You know, there's two senses of practicing. One is you're you're doing it as a form of exercise to cultivate ability. And the other is you're using it, you're using the ability you've already cultivated to achieve certain results. And in both senses of the word practice, your daily life is filled with opportunities to practice mindfulness. All day long you're paying attention to things. Some of those things you're not going to be able to exercise peripheral awareness very effectively at the same time, at least in the beginning. You will eventually. But there's all kinds of things that you do that you can. That that they don't require so much of your conscious capacity that you can't practice being aware at the same time that you're focusing your attention. And by doing that, you will you you will become more mindful. As you become more mindful, you will find yourself more and more capable of being focused on a particular activity or, or whatever happens to be the, the object of your attention. You'll be able to be more focused without losing peripheral awareness to the same degree. And more importantly, as you go along and keep practicing this, you'll find that you'll be able to be focused on one thing but be aware of what's going on in your own mind. So if you're having a conversation with somebody, you'll be aware of your own emotional reactions to what's happening. And at some point you'll not only be aware of your emotions and the relationships between your emotions and the things that you say, but you'll be able to evaluate them in terms of, is, is this really appropriate? Do I really want to let my mind go in this direction once again? Then you've got something really useful, really valuable. So, Let's talk just a little bit about. Oh, yes, you had a question. Well, <clears throat> Part of me is getting even more confused as we go along about what mindfulness is, but <clears throat> I just give you a classic example of what I think of. And I think if Thich Nhat Hanh talks about whatever you're doing, if you can just focus your attention on that, if you're doing the dishes, you know, whatever, and that is the focus of your attention. So I think of something like that. And I think of. For me, I think of making a salad, because I make a lot of salads, a lot of vegetables, and I think, and I especially like doing it, but I love the salads. I think this is a wonderful thing to really be mindful while I'm doing all this. And then, you know, before I know it, my mind is like off on a, such a tangent of, I mean, I can give you lots of examples, but it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I wonder if I can get to Oregon next summer, and I can <laughs> do this, and it's on, uh, where could I stay, and how could I do it? And it's like, that's what I think of as, Mindfulness gone straight. Yeah. Well, and that is. Yes, let's, uh, that, that's very good. Let's talk about that. One of the ways in which we're not mindful is that we get lost in thought, oh. or lost in memory, or lost in whatever. We get lost in the past, the future, 
somewhere else, right? It, no matter what it is. And you can't say that you're not paying attention because you're paying total attention to whatever it is that you're fantasizing about or remembering or thinking about. Well, that's the attention. Right? That's where the attention yeah. goes. Your attention has gone somewhere. And it's engaged there so fully that it's lost touch with the present. Right? And so that is one of the ways that we lose mindfulness all the time. But just being totally focused on making the salad is also, that's another way of not being mindful. And uh, maybe if we talk a little bit about the, well, first of all, let me give you a my definition of mindfulness. My definition of mindfulness is an optimal interaction of attention and awareness. Both, both are strong, both are powerful, both are doing their jobs and they're doing it optimally. So when you have optimal awareness and attention simultaneously, then you have mindfulness. Anytime you have an excess of attention, then, you, then the interaction between the two is going to be less than optimal. And there's going to be consequences to it. Okay? So, mindfulness, uh, it's be, for the simple reason that one of the main ways that we are not mindful is by getting lost in the past, the present, or somewhere else, mm -hmm. then coming into the present is a very effective way of becoming more mindful. But to become totally preoccupied with something in the present is also to lose mindfulness. And that's, see, that's one of the problems with, uh, uh, I, I, I don't think, I don't think mindfulness has been very well defined or described up until now. Although I recently read, uh, I had an opportunity to read two different papers which seemed to, which, which had really good descriptions of mindfulness and they both emphasized the importance of awareness and attention simultaneously. Okay. Do you remember what they were? What's that? Do you remember what they were? One of them is one that you gave me. <laughs> so it was the, it's, it's in the introduction to the paper on the, that uh, evaluation of the uh, test for mindfulness, which is really a test for uh, anyway. Okay. Okay, you know the one I mean? Mm -hmm. And the other one, I'd have to, it's, it's on my computer, I'll be happy to give it to you. It's very interesting. I found it extremely affirming when I read it. <laughs> I love things like that too. <laughs> Sorry, uh, two, three people. Okay, I think I'll start over here. I'll work my way over. Okay. I had a deeply uh, funny illustration to that. I was uh, at the gym on the treadmill walking, and I felt just so relaxed, and I was so happy to be there. And I just went deeply inward and just closed my eyes and just enjoyed the experience. And then I found myself, without paying attention to the periphery. I was off the end of the train. <laughs> <laughs> so just standing there, yeah. Yeah. feeling embarrassed and stunned. <laughs> so, so, I know. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> but you were in the present. <laughs> okay, so we'll go. Oh, there's 
Well, I, before we go too far afield, I want to find out how we go along with the salary. Yeah. Can well, we go back to this, I mean, not this immediately, but you're wrong with the salad. Tell us how we go wrong with the salad. <laughs> okay. I think salads too. If, if you're too totally preoccupied with anything, including making a salad, you are not going to be aware of what's going on around you. And that by itself could be a problem. I mean, the potatoes could be boiling over, you know, <laughs> whatever. Someone knocking at the door, the Something, birds, yeah. That's right. the storm, yeah. is that what you... That's right, yeah, that. Or might be you're so preoccupied with making this wonderful salad that uh, you didn't realize that it's five minutes before your guests are going to arrive and you haven't put the pasta on yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... You know, it's just... Too lost. Yeah, you, you get too lost. Yeah. This is a little bit semantic, but when you're saying um, it's the combination of awareness and attention, you mean, you mean this peripheral awareness, I take it. Is that right? Okay, well, there's just semantic things here, like... I'm trying to be careful not to have to get into spending a lot of time boring you with defining terms. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm saying awareness meaning peripheral awareness. Um, awareness is really something that is, that conscious awareness is a subset of. There's also unconscious awareness. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not talking about that. So when I'm saying awareness, I'm, I'm, I'm just meaning peripheral awareness as, a, as compared to attention both of which are conscious forms of awareness. Well, then isn't attention without peripheral awareness really uh, in a single-pointed concentration? Really? Yeah, yes, it is. And single-pointed concentration, uh, you have to ask yourself, what good is single-pointed concentration? Mm -hmm. Single-pointed concentration is simply something that you can do if your mind is trained well enough that you can focus completely and totally on something. Another word for a single-pointed, uh, another term for it would be exclusive focus. You are so totally, exclusively focused on something that everything else is included. But single-pointed concentration by itself has no more value than uh, being able to Pick up the pick up a car, you know, because you work out with weights so much. Where you're, the best kind of single point of concentration is where you also have introspective awareness at the same time. So it's not it's uh, it, it's not single pointed in the sense of there being no awareness. You have one very specific, very highly refined kind of awareness, the metacognitive introspective awareness. And that's, there's a kind of practice called jhanas, or absorption, where you, the whole point is to get to a point where you can absorb totally with something, while at the same time you have this introspective awareness. And this allows you to study the mind, examine the mind, experience the mind directly and come to some very profound truths. Jhana, if jhana practice is a form of insight practice. Okay. But to just be single-pointed, that would be that there's no mindfulness in that. 
and it's a very limited. Is somebody else back here? Sorry. So, uh, I think you answered it because um, the experience of having such single pointed focus and you're looking at a flower and you lose your boundaries and your sense of self, you become the flower. This is this is a beautiful sort of Buddhist insight experience that then leads to the insights. And so but I but you just kind of answered the question that this yeah. isn't what this talk is about. This talk is about mindfulness meditation. It's it's not, you know that's okay. Mindfulness, yeah. So and I, and I just make question. the point that I define mindfulness as an optimal interaction, and what's optimal in one situation is not optimal in another, right? It's going to depend on what you're, what you're doing and what your needs are. It is, yeah, while it might be a nice idea to entertain, it will never be possible to be peripherally aware of everything in the present, mm -hmm. let alone be peripherally aware of everything in the present and still be focused on something. So there's always going to be this trade-off. There were some situations where uh, the optimal utilization of attention and awareness in this moment means this much focus and this much awareness. And then there's going to be other situations where the balance is different. There needs to be an appropriate balance of the two for whatever situation you're in. So to have skill and mindfulness means that, that you have the capacity to do that. That it's a possibility. And yeah. The other thing I'd like to talk about, we are running short on time. We'll continue with it tomorrow. But I'd like to talk a little bit about the differences between the, the there's some really interesting inherent differences in peripheral awareness and attention. Like attention obviously locks onto something and, and analyzes it. That's its whole function. But one thing about attention too is that well part of part of the function of attention is to 
evaluate things that you are paying attention to. And one of the most important criteria by which you evaluate them is, is this good for me or bad for me? Is this going to benefit me or is this going to hurt me? Right. So the part of your mind that is engaged when you pay attention to something is very self-referential, just naturally so. And by contrast with that, peripheral awareness is much more taking things in as they are. It's not so personal. And so when both are working together, they balance each other out. They balance each other out, and it allows you to be much, much less personal in your interpretation of things. You're less likely to have distorted perceptions because of the emotional associations you have with what you're paying attention to if you have strong, good functioning peripheral awareness at the same time. So it gives you a much more balanced perspective. Um, yes? So could you say then that that sort of fits into back what Beatrice was asking about consciousness, like as if that's, is that kind of where you could say that's what expands the consciousness when you, when you start getting that well, more balanced? Well, there is a really interesting thing about this. I, I'm not sure if this is what you're getting at, but <laughs> as you cultivate peripheral awareness, you're going to feel much less separate and much more connected. In, in any particular moment, that your experience has a very strong component of peripheral awareness to it, you're going to have much more experience of, of connectedness, of interconnectedness, of oneness. So that that is really a part of it. But that's that's because the parts of your mind that is involved with analyzing objects of attention is also that part of your mind that is really, really concerned with the self and the well-being of the self. Another thing that uh, peripheral, about peripheral awareness, everything, every new thing that comes into your consciousness, bodily sensations, sounds, visual uh, thoughts, emotions, it enters awareness first, and in awareness is processed, and uh, and a selection takes place. So much stuff is present in peripheral awareness, and only a very small part of it can you afford to actually pay attention to. So peripheral awareness is the mind function that largely determines what you are going to pay attention to. And when you are focused on something, unless you've totally lost peripheral awareness, peripheral awareness is this vigilant screening process that's going to redirect your attention if something important comes along that, that, that you need to uh, you need to give some attention to, right? Yeah. You mentioned a few moments ago that attention is naturally self-referential, and. I just wanted to ask you to talk for a moment about 
whether that's something you can also train to decompose a self-referential tendency of attention. Yes, yes, you can. Yeah. It can become less so. Because attention, well, there are two ways that attention can be self-referential. One is through identification, and the other is through a very strong subject-object duality. And so you can train attention to take more of an objective, subject-object dualistic approach than one of identification and interpreting everything in sort of an emotional way in terms of how it's going to affect me. <clears throat> that would be like taking the eye kind of away from it. Being well, like you're in something, but you... It's actually, it's, it's where you, you're not taking, you're not removing the eye from the conscious process, from the cognitive process, but you're separating the eye from what's being observed, what's being examined. So there's this really clear separation. So yeah, you can train, you can train attention to do that. But the two, the two peripheral awareness and attention balance each other out nicely in this particular way. If you, and this is something that you can experiment with uh, experientially. Take some time to notice the way your body is perceived in peripheral awareness. When your attention is focused on one thing, how does peripheral awareness perceive your body? And what you'll find is it's not separate. It's part of the total field of sensory experience. It's integral to it. It's not separate from it. And that's a very illuminating thing to examine. And the other thing that you can examine, if you practice just a little bit, you'll be able to have your attention focused on something while being peripherally aware of your mental state of emotions arising and passing away. For example, you're meditating and you might be feeling restless or impatient. And when that's in peripheral awareness, you know that you, you have a, an experience of knowing that there is restlessness. When you direct your attention to it, it immediately becomes, oh, I'm restless, I have to do something about that. And you'll find, you, you'll, you'll just play around with this. You'll find that both your body and your emotions are treated differently in peripheral awareness than they are in, in attention. And those differences are important. And the more mindful you become, you don't you don't take things as personally. You don't take life as personally. And as a result of that, a lot of the melodrama of life falls away. <laughs> anyway, it's nine o'clock. Do something very unusual and stop on time. <laughs> this may be the last time, but. <laughs>